Hello everyone, it's Chris here from the In The Saddle podcast and for this episode we have a treat in store as I was able to speak to legendary racing journalist Bruff Scott. Bruff has worked in the industry for many years now, he's worked for several different newspapers including the likes of the Sunday Times, he's worked for the Daily Telegraph and the Racing Post and he's been a familiar face on our television screens. He was part of the Channel, Channel 4 racing team and he's now part of the ITV racing team so you might see him on there from time to time and in this podcast we were discussing how racing has evolved in the mainstream media over the years. Bruff has been in the industry for nearly five decades now so he's seen how it has changed firsthand and it was really interesting to get his thoughts on that. We also as well discussed on how maybe racing moving forward once the coronavirus lockdown measures are eased maybe the potential to attract new fans and new audiences to the sport for the very first time as it's quite likely we could be one of the first uh, live sports back so it's a really interesting debate and it was great like I said speaking to Bruff about it but also as well before I hand over to myself and Bruff um I just want to mention that we're giving away a free giveaway. Uh, we've teamed up with uh, graphic designer Ellen Kirby. She does fantastic illustrations and fantastic prints. And we're going to be giving away a free horse racing print of your choice. You can have any horse you like. You can have Faheen. You could have Altior. You could have Frankel. Whoever takes your fancy um, will be uh, giving away any horse you like. And to enter the competition, you just need to follow us on Twitter using our handle which is at in the saddle pod you can find the link uh, to our twitter page uh, in the description box whatever podcast platform you're listening to and you'll just need to like the tweet which is currently pinned um, at the top of our page advertising the competition for a chance to win that's all you need to do it's so simple so if you haven't done so already just go over and do it and you'll need to do it by friday the 15th of may when our entries will close at midnight so make sure you do that but anyway enough of me waffling on i'll hand you over now to myself and bruff and i hope you enjoy this podcast so uh, for this podcast i'm delighted to be joined by bruff scott thanks for coming on bruff now, in the next half an hour or so, we're going to be discussing about how racing has evolved in the mainstream media over the years, and also um, looking at the possibility of perhaps a new golden opportunity for racing to attract new fans, as it could be the first sport back once the coronavirus measures are lifted in the UK, and therefore it might generate more publicity than it has done in the past before. And I could think of no one better to speak to than Bruff Scott, um, who's been in the industry for many years as a journalist. He's worked as a newspaper writer and also as well a television broadcaster. He's worked across many different uh, sports and seen many great um, sporting moments over the years. And uh, we're going to be asking his opinion during this podcast. But I think my first question, Bruff, um, what is the biggest uh, change you've seen as a racing journalist over the last 50 years on how it's been portrayed in the mainstream media? The, the, the biggest change uh, is, is that um, the, the, the biggest change is that racing is much smaller part of national life than it was. It's quite a vibrant one in its own way, uh, and I don't want to knock itself too much, but you know, I'm talking from the perspective of 
Derby on Tattle Corner. I mean, remembering very much the early Leicester Piat uh, uh, when he was winning the Derby when he was 18 and riding in it when he was 15. And, you know, doing the riding in the national sort of 60s, and I was starting to do television and stuff in early 70s. And so 50 years ago this year, Nijinsky won the Triple Crown. And Nijinsky, Lester Pickett, Lindsay O'Brien, they were, they were a major force. I mean, Franco was fantastic and it was all very evocative and thrilling. But what sort of Nijinsky's derby represented was a much bigger part of life uh, then. Remember, only three channels? And the other thing that happened is that... Um, only racing was the only live sport, virtually the only live sport, because there was no there was no um, live sport on TV except for cup finals, England's nationals as a soccer. Um, the with actually rugby football, there would be the Five Nations as it was then, uh, and uh, otherwise cricket, Test matches was all. Uh, tennis would be Wimbledon. But regular live racing, every Saturday, racing was the only live activity. And also, which is a terribly important agenda, betting, the only live betting was on racing and greyhounds. Uh, so it's a completely different position now. And to give you a slightly heavyweight um, comparison, but I think that he has to accept as Britain has to accept that it's no longer, it's also it's no longer the biggest game in town. Uh, Britain was the you know, rule of the waves. Britain had the biggest empire in the world. Uh, Britain has to completely realise it's got to reboot itself. It can't go on saying how wonderful it was in the past. It's got to do things now. Racing is the same. Racing was the biggest sport in town. Remember that. Such an important thing to realise. Up until about 19, I should think about 1928, 1930, the Derby was the biggest sports event of the year in Britain. Uh, it would probably at some stage be, it would be an overtake by the cup final. Well, it's dropped right down now. It's, it's a completely mm. different deal. Now, it's no good moaning about that. It's just life's changed. Uh, and it's very important that you start from that perspective, but it's still vibrant racing, but it's just having to reboot itself. And as you say in your opening question, it's an opportunity more than ever is to have a think about how to modernise its access to the outside world. And why do you think racing has had its decline? What, what, what have been the major factors for maybe its decline in the last, say, even decade, really, of why possibly it's become less popular and we don't get maybe household names anymore horses such as Nabel and Tiger Roll haven't maybe had quite the following horses such as Red Rum Desert Orchid or even Best Mate to some extent why why has that happened I think there's two two principal reasons one is a steepening in the uh, decline of uh, obvious decline in uh, Horses being part of life. Remember, there were no there were no cars on the road in Britain until 1894, um, and horses were around more and more. Nowadays, you don't even see horses on the road much because the 
roads are so busy, people go off the roads. Uh, that was always going to mean that galloping horses around uh, was a, a sort of slightly odd thing to be excited about. And that's, it's got more out than ever. But the second reason, well, actually three reasons, the second reason is that there's so many more live sports on television. As I said, when I first was doing television, there were three channels. Uh, and, and only racing was the only live, by far the major live sport every week. Um, now there's every sort of sport on television and they compete for public attention. But the third and really crucial uh, challenge for racing, which is, is its, it's absolutely existential challenge, is the opportunity for people to bet on other things like racing. Uh, racing didn't realise kept it in denial that it's <laughs> for a long time that central to its attraction is, is as you know it's two things three things it's it's centrally equal athletics but grilled into that people's interest is a betting game grilled into it and then actually the third thing about it is there's a there's a social uh, occasion uh, wrapped around it in, if you go to the races but fundamentally this last we say last decade has been a complete revolution in access via um, technology to betting online on other sports and of course once you could find ways of betting on other sports the fact that racing was less interesting to people than than other sports of course there's been more betting on them uh, i mean don't forget if it was the only thing you could bet on. So, I mean, people like me, my generation, I get people coming up to me now saying, oh, I remember you my, sitting on my granddad's knee. He used to go out and have a um, bet every day around the corner, you know, and, 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 and come in and we watch the ITV7. Well, all that has gone uh, as a monopoly. And when you when you break a monopoly, it, it, it has a big impact and 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 racing is trying to get its balance still and hopefully it will but it's it's it's, it's a huge rebalancing job when you think about it this is we were the only live betting game in town except for very very esoteric methods and suddenly you're being offered um opportunities to bet on every other sport and particularly on the sports that are more popular which on the if you look along the top of the dvc um uh, sport website, you'll see racing is about 10th on the list, uh, and therefore it's a, it's a completely different ballgame. Yeah, I completely understand what you're saying. So do you think with, with how the landscape has changed, uh, especially like we said in the last decade there, um, that's why racing has become more niche and it's harder for itself to get itself on platforms such as even in the, the general sports news as it were on um, on the BBC do you think because racing has become niche it's made it hard for racing to engage with new audiences yes and the, I mean the, 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 the danger is that the, the tide is going out um, I mean that's by <clears throat> and I'm getting pessimistic about it and in many ways on my bad days I feel crikey I mean I've spent my second part of my working life, I mean, from about 1970, when I stopped writing, 71, uh, working to try and keep 
said you declined. <laughs> my, my, it seems I've been a bit of king canute, really, or hmm. king is not perhaps the right word. But anyway, I. The fact is, the tide's been going out, and you have to adapt to that. Uh, and it's 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 tough because you know we now have the BBC have ended ended having a correspondence. And when I took over the, I became the Sunday Times. I think seventy four, seventy five. I became the Sunday Times waiting correspondent. I took it over from Roger, a man called Roger Mortimer. Well, only only up till five years before that, ten years before that, the Sunday Times used to have two waiting correspondents, and now they don't have a waiting correspondent. And, and fewer and fewer papers do. The actual, if you look at the written word. The actual written word about racing is incredibly rare. I mean, the the, the papers don't, to a great extent, they have they have cards uh, and they have a bit of tipping, but the actual written word that you have on football, cricket, rugby is very small. I mean, I still write for the Sunday Times and big days, but I mean, they they don't have a racing correspondent. They don't have racing regularly at all. Neither of the times. It just has reports on the big days, that's all. Uh, it doesn't have a correspondent. And therefore, there isn't a, it isn't seen as that part of life. And that's a... You know, again, the problem is that you use the word niche, which is correct. Within its own bubble, racing is a 24-hour... Uh, involvement and people within that bubble can't believe that the whole world doesn't uh, follow racing because they they look at racing websites, they read the racing post, uh, they watch uh, satellite TV on which every single race is, is broadcast. So, in many ways, the racing enthusiast has much more uh, service now than he she ever has, but which is a key issue that you're talking about, the actual public wider interest is in danger of eroding to a point of absolute emptiness. That's the danger. Well, I understand where you're coming from there. But we kind of find ourselves in a peculiar situation at the moment amidst the uh, coronavirus lockdown. And there's a potential or potential opening uh, for racing to possibly attract new fans. And if racing is the first sport back once the measures by the government have started to be eased, do you think that uh, the racing results might be able to make uh, the general sports news, for example? Well, I think it's an opportunity. The extent to which they evolve will be interesting. What I hope they will do is they will do more than the results because the big danger for racing is if it's if it's only seen as just the cards and the results then it's not really it, it, it's 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 the thing we talked about at the beginning it's the betting game alone and the betting game alone does that belong on the sports pages and that's the big danger racing you know it's i told about the British Empire racing being the biggest game in town, they assume that everyone talks about racing. Well, 
they don't they don't write about racing they write about the betting uh, uh, what should should back and at some stage newspapers just printing the cards uh using up two pages of cards but no copy if you would have a narrative i don't think it's going to survive so just having the cards but you need to find a way of making it interesting to an ordinary ordinary reader so that they can think about it otherwise at the moment the way racing is represented in the papers is it's very well served if you're a uh, aficionado if you really know about it because you can go in you can look at those grids you can see the tips and you can play the betting game but if you're my children for instance who've been to race a bit that sort of stuff they look at the cards they have no idea what they mean and what do they mean all this you know, slow coach uh six nine four um you know rl more you know uh I mean, you know, it, it, it doesn't mean anything. There's a, a 197 or 102 or something. I mean, it, 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 if you know what they mean, you don't know what they mean. There's no experience at all. Whereas if you watch, if you don't follow, I don't know, netball, you can see a, a story, a 300 word story about the netball matches coming up, women in England, the Poland or something, and they'll tell you the basic story that X and Y and Britain's going rather well or rather badly and the return of a coach or the star striker or whatever it is, you, you, you sort of know a bit about it. But, but racing is in huge danger of and racing people. Of they, they, they dip themselves into the in-crowd immediately and that excludes the, 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 the big dangers. You, if you all are experts or sound like experts, you exclude the ordinary person. That's why I think the whole point about broadcasting is you have to remember it's broadcasting. The word is well chosen. The danger with satellite channels is they're actually narrowcasting. They assume that there's a huge amount of knowledge for everybody. And one tip I was given when I first started broadcasting was, was to never never overestimate your audience's knowledge or underestimate its intelligence and i think it's a terrific uh, maxim because you know you you, you if you don't have any knowledge people in racing say okay it's gonna be very hard this 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 that season because we've missed so much you know we've missed we missed the craven and the, and the you know uh and the greenham and and, and the and the um uh things like that and they say, how do we would miss the Quaden? What does that mean? You know, uh, it'll be. I hope we're going to get the Ebor meeting. Well, you have to actually get a bit more than that. I mean, we've missed the Quaden. What does that mean? But but people in racing all know what that means. And would, if you had to ask what it meant, you'd feel an idiot. Mm. I think that it's that sort of attitude that somehow or other racing needs to find a way when it comes in of persuading. Uh, 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 of talking in the wider sense, but um, that's what I mean. Things like the classic narrative, you've got to try and discuss whether that's got relevance anymore, and that sort of thing. Uh, and of course, it's going to be very difficult this year because you won't have 
certainly wouldn't have any Irish contenders, so how are they going to get on? But I mean, there's all sorts of issues that you have, which are of general interest, like the, you know, the Middle Eastern investment, uh, how people are going to cope with uh, you know, the discretionary spend uh, training, the actual number of trainers who have a limited number of horses. Well, the reality is, I mean, jockeys and everybody else, I mean, there's quite a lot of issues which are interesting, but you've got to keep thinking, but think of your audience, what is interesting beyond just what's going to win. Uh, if, if, if that's the only game, does that, if the, if the only game is betting, does that belong on the sports pages? The answer is probably not. If we have to try and get the wider number, and, and that's the challenge. And do you think um, moving forward, hopefully racing will get a lot more coverage during the next few weeks and the next few months? Do you think it's going to be stories about individuals and about humans that could appeal to those people that haven't experienced racing before? Well, I, I can tell you that it might be, but the easy way, the easy way is what was happening already, and everybody will tell you from Cornelius Lysett, BBC to um, journalists on other papers is that there's the cards and the tips they want to know that but then as we got wider stories they want to have um, uh, scandals uh, dope tests um, uh, horse deaths whip abuse um, anything like that but racing's just being treated as the game is hard work because people it's got a bit of a tarnished image racing it's had things and it just get we would have had um and we're still going to have a challenge people we would have had a, a big problem potentially sort of diplomatic wise uh at truly last week wasn't it? the beginning was that last week yeah it would have been last week is the favourite for the guineas, the possible winner, a very possible winner, and a horse who could become an absolute uh, showcase and still could be for the season, so the problems can remain, would be owned by the biggest, largest investor and supporter that British Radio has ever seen, but also somebody whose um, reputation uh, on a personal level took a most enormous hit um, last year, uh, or beginning earlier this year, with with the publication of the court case involving uh, his uh, wife and daughters, um, i.e. Sheikh Mohammed, mm. and you know Pinatubo um, won the guineas. The Sheikh Mohammed was there. Okay, you ask, you're going to ask him the racing questions because it's actually uh, this issue isn't anything to do with racing but nonetheless people looking into him they will know him now as much by that as by the fact that he's a huge owner and indeed a huge benefactor and that's a big problem really isn't it if you think about it i don't think one can pretend otherwise i mean there was a there was a a nearly as difficult a situation but i don't think it's as difficult um in racing terms, it was, it was probably more difficult when you had the Al Zaruni doping case, which after all was Sheikh Mohammed's private stable, a man who he'd invested personal faith in, 
stooping all those horses. Uh, and when he won the guineas that year, uh, you know, the fact that the horse had originally been from, you know, that, that, that the trainers had been around all of it, Claire Balding, having done the ordinary interview, said, well, what do you think about the situation? And she had walked away. Well, you could say that in the same situation this year, Ed Chamberlain is not obliged to ask him a question because it's not actually relevant. Nonetheless, people watching, uh, most of them, and certainly the outsiders, will say that's the bloke who locked up his daughters. Don't they? I think. I mean, mm. again, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a person who has uh, been quite close to Sheikh Mohammed and launched the Richard Post with everything else. And I, you know, it's, it's, it's an extremely unfortunate turn of events, put it mildly. But nonetheless, that's that's the sort of challenge you face, and that that's the sort of thing that the newspapers would be interested in, as much to sort of go wider as whether or not you know Pinatubo could be a triple crime winner. And so that's a, it's a difficult one. So, so if racing does get some good publicity um, during the next few weeks and months from um, it being probably the only sport in the public eye. Do you think that could paint the way for new audiences to come on board and racing could look a lot healthier going forward? Or do you think it's kind of the biggest opportunity, say for my generation, that racing's had to maybe change its image? Uh, it's a big opportunity. Whether it'll change its image... Um, uh, it's actually also uh, a big uh, uh, challenge because the reason that I said to you there won't be there'll be scrutiny. The scrutiny will come from a wider audience who are non-believers uh, by and large. That's why they. Uh, that's why the tide's gone out, uh, and they will they will ask whether it's worth a candle a bit. And it, it, it's, got to, it's got to find ways of justifying itself. Uh, and that's where, finally, that's a big challenge that we have my ITV hat on, because that's the main access. Um, I mean, people people aren't going to really go in and watch RTV and Sky Sports who aren't already interested in racing, really. I don't think much was the, 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 the wider sport on a Saturday. So well, let's have a look at that and whether... They, the feel they get from watching that becomes something that they find attractive. Well, that's what that's what the hope has to be. But in the newspapers, uh, the worry is that the people will be looking to find the things that are wrong with racing, as opposed to as much as they find what's right. So it's it's a challenge, and of course the. Racing does has has no control over the newspapers, uh, and indeed no control over sort of obviously Twitter accounts and things. And as we all know, negative news is much always more interesting than positive news. And so, um, you know, anything that goes wrong um, can uh, can be highlighted, and uh, it's a a big challenge but it's not it's not going to be easy um and you say change its image so i've always felt that, that it just has to try and accentuate its positives you know racing is a big 
exciting, thrilling, glorious uh, absurdity in a way. It's, of course, it's absurdity, but it's glorious. And I think I think a glorious absurdity is rather a good thing to be <laughs> anyway, because when you start saying, well, uh, you can't have being absurd. Well, life's absurd. Have a look in the mirror. It's, it's a, I'm getting quite excited about 22 men and women kicking around, all around. Uh, it's pretty absurd in many ways, but it can be thrilling and it can be exciting. And of course, it's it's high risk and it's, 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 it's can be, it can be tragic too. But uh, you, you can get very... Racing can be a very involving, you know yourself, uh, activity. But it needs to be an accessible one and a generous one. Uh, and I think that it needs to be, people need to accentuate the fun of it. The fact is, you go to the races, you, you, a lot of, you have to get used to failure because in every race, you have many, many more hopes by the very nature of it, dash than succeed. Therefore, it's always a daily battle of hope against expectation. But so either you don't go at all, or you put up with that, and you go to enjoy it, and you'll see an awful lot of laughter at the races. You'll see tears too, but you see a lot of laughter, and people have fun at the races. And I, you know, when I'm at the races, I'm talking to people, you're laughing a lot, and too much of life, people don't laugh at all. And I think that's... um, uh, the danger of people in racing taking themselves too seriously. Uh, I, I the danger of life taking seriously. The fact that life is serious, all of all reasons to enjoy it when you have moments off and, and don't get too down there. But I, 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 if you can get the the greatest thing about racing is its vitality, the vitality of the of the people who work in it, and the vitality of the horses involved in it, by the very nature of it, you're believing in, you know, you're in everything from their, even before their birth, they're planning, the breeding, the horses, the possibilities of what their parents did and whether that could be replicated, and then when they begin to develop as yearlings and two-year-olds and things, and you're always hoping they can be reborn then as hurdlers and chasers, I think. You, 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 you always live, you live on hope. And the famous lines of the Shawshank Redemption, uh, hope is a good thing. Uh, maybe the best of things. Uh, because hope because hope can never die. It's, it's, it's what you need to have, I think. It's, it's, it's hope it keeps renewing itself. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see um, what the next few months have in store for racing and see if maybe racing can gain some more fans but that's what we've got time for in this podcast bruff i really appreciate it um you giving up your time and coming on and uh, hopefully we'll have you again on soon for more podcasts please subscribe to our apple spotify Podbean, and soundcloud accounts to never miss an episode also as well feel free to give us a review and if you want to follow us on social media you can use our handle which is at in the saddle pod and we're also as well available on instagram where you can find our username of in the saddle global